0: so we are going to start Canto 6 chapter 3 text 1 King Pariksit said O Lord O Sukdev Goswami Yamraj is the controller of all living entities in terms of the religion and the irreligious activities but his order has been foiled when his servants the Yamdutas informed him of the defeat by the Vishnu Dutas who had stopped them from arresting Ajmila what did he reply? now this is uh, we are we are taking the story back where Ajmila who was to be taken by the Yamdutas, they, they have been told by the Vishnu Dutas not to take him away. And the Vishnu Dutas then release him. Now, what happens is once these Yamdutas return back to the Yamaloka, at that point in time they are asking Yamdev about this explanation, and Yamdev is going to instruct his messengers. That is the chapter. Yam Raja instructs his messenger. O great sage, never before has it been heard anywhere that an order from Yamaraja has been baffled. Therefore, I think that people will have doubts about this and no one but you can eradicate. Since this is my firm conviction, kindly explain the reason for these events. Shisugdev Goswami replied, My dear king, when the order carriers of Yamaraja are baffled and defeated by the orders carriers of Vishnu, they approach their master, the controller of some." Samyami Puri and the master of sinful persons to tell him of the incidents. So Yamdev is being now asked by his Yamdutas. The Yamdutas said, Oh dear Lord, how many controllers or rulers are there in this material world? How many causes are responsible for manifesting the various results of active performance under the three modes of material nature that is Sattva Rajas and Gudama? If in this universe there are many rulers and justices, Who disagree about punishments and rewards, their contradictory actions will neutralize each other and no one will be punished or rewarded. Otherwise, if their contradictory act fails to neutralize each other, everyone will have to be both punished and rewarded. Isn't this what is happening today in the material world? It's like somebody goes to jail and then somebody else comes and releases that person. So on one side you are getting a punishment, on the other side you are getting release. So, the question is very much valid, if there are too many people who are going to be taking decisions. You know, this is basically a decision making capabilities that an individual has who is, who is a leader. If there are too many leaders, what happens? If there are too many people directing an enterprise, the whole enterprise is bound to fail. So, in the same way, if there is Yamraja on one side and then there is Vishnu on the other side, isn't there going to be a conflict of interest over there which where one person is saying that you have to be given a punishment and the other person says no, no, you cannot be given a punishment? So there is a very big question mark which they were having. So the Yamdutas continued since there are many different karmis or workers, there may be different judges or rulers to give them justice. But just as one central emperor controls different departmental rulers, there must be one supreme controller to guide all the judges. So there has to be one judge. See in the most of the cases in the world, there are one, there is a single judge only. But many a times there is no concurrence, there is no proper justice given. So you have number of judges on the panel, or sometimes there is a jury. A jury will decide. But if you can understand, the jury can be more demotivated also in giving a different kind of an answer. In the same way, a judge can also. But here the thing is, Yamraj Yam is supposed to be the upholder of dharma, that is why he is called dharma. And on the other side you have Vishnu. Now he is a sustainer in this world. So the Dutas are very, very perplexed about this. How can you have two different kinds of results coming? So there has to be one single leader who gives one single answer. If there is a confusing answer also, there is a very big problem. You know. You will find that if there is an answer which cannot be interpreted correctly, then there is a very definitive problem. The supreme judge must be one, not many. It was our understanding that you are the supreme judge. And that you have jurisdiction even over the demigods. So who is saying these words? The Yamdutas are telling Yama that see, we believe that you are the final authority in this kind of matters where people, some decisions need to be taken and that you have jurisdiction over the demigods as well so that nobody can override you our impression was that you are the master of all living entities the supreme authority who discriminate between the pious and the impious activities of all human beings but now we see that the punishment ordained under your authority is no longer effective since your order has been transgressed by four wonderful and perfect persons so somebody has come and transgressed your orders there is a higher authority than you So how can we listen to you? You know if there are too many managers you have a very big difficult time of trying to understand who is the right person to answer to. We are bringing the most sinful Ajmila towards the hellish planets following your orders when those beautiful persons from the Sinta Loka forcibly cut the knots of the robes that we were arresting him. As soon as the sinful Ajmila uttered the name Narayana these four beautiful men immediately arrived and reassured him saying do not fear, do not fear. We wish to know about them from your lordship. If you think we are able to understand them, kindly describe who they are. sukhdev Goswami said, thus having been questioned, Lord Yamaraja, the supreme controller of the living entities, was very much pleased with the order carriers because of hearing from them the holy name of Narayana. He remembered the lotus feet of the Lord and began to reply. Yamaraja said, my dear servants, you have accepted me as the supreme. But factually, I am not. Above me and above all the other demigods, including Indra and Chandra, is the one supreme master and controller. The partial manifestation of his personality are Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, and who are in charge of the creation, maintenance, and annihilation of this universe. He is like a through two threads that form the length and the breadth of the woven cloth. The entire world is controlled by him, just as the bull is controlled by the rope in its nose. So now Yamdev is describing who is this person. Just as the driver of the bullock cart ties ropes through the nostrils of the bull to control them, the Supreme Personality of Godhead binds all men through the ropes of his world in the Vedas, which set forth the names and the activities of the distinct orders of the human society. That is the four varnas. In fear, the members of this order all worship the Supreme Lord by offering him presentations according to their respective activities. So Yamadeva is now explaining who Krishna is. Now Krishna is the supreme controller of this entire universe. And what happens is even the Vedas are bowing down to him. Please understand this. The Vedas were actually from his mouth which went on to be you know, given out in this world. So even the Vedas are bowing down. These are the ro- laws which are controlling what the Yamdutas are doing, isn't it? The Yamduttas are following a certain law book. That law book itself has been written by somebody and that somebody is Krishna himself. So, I, Yamraja, Indra, the king of the heavens, Nithi, Nivritti, Varuna, Chandra, the moon god, Agni, Lord Shiva, Pavan, Lord Brahma, Surya, Vivasu, 8 Vasus, Sandhyas, Maruts, Rudra, Siddha, Marichi and other great wishes engaged in maintaining the departmental affairs of the universe as well as the best of the demigods headed by Brahaspati and the great sages headed by Brugu, are all certainly freed from the influence of the two base material modes of nature namely passion and ignorance. Nevertheless although we are in the mode of goodness we cannot understand the activities of the supreme personality of Godhead what then it is said of others who under illusion merely speculate to know God. You know, in the last two lines, this one and the one previously, many times I have told you that all these gods are departmental head. This word I have been using continuously. I told you that this one is this department, education department, finance department, this department. First time the word has actually come into the book, which will tell you that these are nothing but departmental heads. See, every now and then when somebody who is talking nonsense about, you know, this kind of text, they don't seem to understand that they are talking about different departments. They think that India has got 33 crore gods, you know. Now you have understood that these 33 crore are nothing but departments. Various dif- different, 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 different departments that are being controlled by different, different entities. And every department has a departmental head. So like that you have Chandra, Surya, you know, all these. Sages are there and so on and so forth. Now, all these report to only one super boss, that is Krishna alone, including the Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh, all the three also report, they are partial in expansions of him. So, now all these come under Sattva-guna. All these Gods, they are Sattva-guna, that means they are Sattvic in nature, whereas the rest of the world is Rajasik and Tamasik, every other domain so even after being so highly sattvic in nature yet they themselves the god themselves do not understand krishna what about a normal human being see we always say no, i know krishna i know this i know that they try to put his you know okay i know what the way his nature is everybody thinks that they know krishna so the last line says what then is to be said of others who under illusion merely speculate to know god how can you know god you cannot so as the different limbs of the body cannot see the eyes the living entities cannot see the supreme lord who is situated in the super soul in everybody's heart not by the sense not by the mind by the life air or by thoughts within the heart or the vibration of the world can the living entities ascertain the real situation of the supreme lord So, if anybody tells you, you know, I got a dream or God came and spoke to me or Krishna came in my dream and he started telling me about it. I'm sorry, there is no such thing because nothing that can appear in your heart, nor in your senses, nor in your mind or in your life, life where the breath which is there, prana or the thoughts or the heart or the vibrations of the word, none of these things can ever tell you or ascertain you who Krishna is and who he isn't. The Supreme Personality of God is self-sufficient and fully independent. He is the master of everyone and everything, including the illusory energy. That means he is also the master of Maya. So, who is he? He is the person who is self-sufficient. There is nothing in this world that he can, you know, you can say that he needs that. He is self-sufficient. He is fully independent. He is not dependent on anybody. It's not that if somebody has to feed him or somebody has to give him a bath, somebody has to give him milk. No, nothing like that. There is nobody in this world who can give him or do anything to him. He is the master of everyone and everything including in illusory energy including Maya. Maya is under him alone. He has his form, qualities and features and similarly his order carriers, the Vaishnavas who are very beautiful, possess beautiful body features, transcendental qualities and transcendental nature almost like his. They always wander within this world with full independence and he has his assistants which are called Vaishnavas. If you remember these four uh, divine beings who came to take Ajmila, those are Vaishnavas. So they who came, they are also equally resplendent just like him. The other carriers of Lord Vishnu, who are worshipped even by the demigods, possess wonderful bodily features exactly like those of Vishnu and are very rarely seen. The Vishnu Dutas protect the devotee of the Lord from the hands of enemies, from envious persons, and even from jurisdictions, as well as from the natural disturbances. You will find that these you know Vish- Vaishnavas, what they do is they are invisible. They are not you cannot see them. So anybody doing any harm to any of the devotees of the divine. The Vishnudutas that is there, these are called the Vaishnavas, they take charge of that person and they do not allow any harm to come to that person. Real religious principles are enacted by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. All those who fully situated in the modes of Guna, even the great rishis who occupy the topmost planets cannot ascertain the real religious principles. Nor can the demigods or the leaders of the Siddha Lokasi and nothing of the Asuras, ordinary human beings, Vidyadaras and charanas. So you have to understand that no sage, no master, no person, no Vidyadharas, nobody, absolutely nobody, no God can ever tell you anything about Sri Krishna himself. <clears throat> okay? Lord Brahma, Bhagwan, Narada, Lord Shiva, the four Kumaras, Lord Kapila. That is the son of Devahuti, we have done Kapila story. So I am Manu, Prallad Maharaj, Janak Maharaj, Grandfather Bhishma, Bali Maharaj. Sukhdeva Goswami and I myself know the religious principles My dear servants The transcendental religious principle Which is known as the Bhagavata Dharma Is surrender unto the Supreme Lord And love for him Is uncontaminated by the material modes of nature It is very confidential And difficult for human beings to understand And if by chance one fortunately understands it He is immediately liberated And thus he returns home Back to Godhead So all these people that are mentioned in this first line over here, that is Brahma, Narada and so on and so forth, all these have the ear of the Lord, Krishna's ears. That means they they know about Him a little bit. So they are directly in conjugation with Him. They are always in communication with Him. Devotional service, beginning with the chanting of the holy name of the Lord, is the religious principle of the living entity in human society. This Yamaraj is explaining to his dutas. My dear servants, who are as good as my sons, just see how glorious is the chanting of the holy name of the Lord. The greatly sinful Ajbila chanted only to call his son, not knowing that he was chanting the Lord's holy name. Nevertheless, by chanting the holy name of the Lord, he remembered Narayana, and thus he was immediately saved from the ropes of death. Therefore, It should be understood that one is easily relieved from all sinful reactions by chanting the holy name of the Lord and chanting for his qualities and activities. This is the only process recommended for relief from sinful reactions. Even if one chants the holy name of the Lord with improper pronunciations, he will achieve relief from material bondage if he chants without offense. Ajmila, for example, was extremely sinful, and while dying, he merely chanted the holy name, and although calling his son, He achieved complete liberation because he remembered the name of Narayana. Now this is the first time where it is mentioned, you know, even if the name is incorrect. It's okay. This is nothing but the direct... We are talking about Krishna alone. We are talking about Narayana who is the manifest form of Krishna to take care of this world. So that is the reason why taking Narayana's name will relieve a person. If you recollect, you know, Narad Muni is the one who keeps on saying the same name, Narayana, Narayana. All right. So, because they are bewildered by the illusory energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Yajna, Khan, Jamini and other compilers of the religious scriptures cannot know the secret, confidential religious systems of the twelve Mahajans. They cannot understand the transcendental nature of performance, devotional service or chanting of the Hare Krishna mantra. Because their minds are attracted to ritual ceremonies mentioned in the Vedas, especially the Sam Veda, and Ved, their intelligence has become dumb. Thus, they are busy collecting the ingredients for ritualistic ceremonies that yield only temporary benefits, such as elevation of the Swarga lobe. For material happiness, they are not attracted to the Sankirtana movement. <coughs> Hence, instead, they are interested in Dharma, Artha, Kama and Moksha. So, all those people who take part in religious ceremonies By gathering ingredients, by taking name of the Lord, by means of all these kind of prayers that are performed. These are not the devotional type of people. They are doing it because of the four principles that they are attracted to. What are the four principles? Dharma, Artha, Kam and Moksha. Isn't it? So they will never get Krishna at all. It's only devotional service by means of which you can attain Sri Krishna alone. Considering all these points, therefore, intelligent men decide to solve all problems by adopting the devotional service of chanting the holy name of the Lord, who is situated in everyone's heart and who is a mind of auspicious qualities. Generally, such persons are not within the jurisdictions for punishment. Generally, they are never commit sinful activities, but even if by mistake or because of bewilderment or illusion, they sometimes commit sin- sinful acts. They are protected from the sinful reaction because they always chant the Hare Krishna mantra. <clears throat> My dear servants, please do not approach such devotees for they have fully surrendered at the lotus feet of Supreme Personality of Godhead. They are equal to everyone and their narrations are sung by the demigods and the inhabitants of Siddha Please do not go near them. They are always protected by the club of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and therefore Lord Brahma and even I, the time factor are not competent to chastise them. Paramahansa are exalted people who have no taste for material enjoyment and who drink honey of the Lord's lotus feet. My dear servant, bring to me for punishments only persons who are averse to the taste of the honey, who do not associate with parmahansas, and who are attached to family life and worldly enjoyment which form the path to hell. So, Paramahansa is that individual who is an exalted person who is always lost in the divine. He is always taking the name of the Lord and He is completely lost in the Divine. And any of the devotees of His, they are exempt from going to Yamduta's place, Yam Yam Raja's place. My dear servants, please bring me only those sinful persons who do who do not use their tongues to chant the holy name and qualities of Krishna, whose heart do not remember the lotus feet of Krishna even once whose heads do not bow down even once before Lord Krishna. Send me those who do not perform their duties towards Vishnu, who are the only duties in human life. Please bring me all such fools and rascals." Yanyam Raja, considering himself and his servants to be offenders, spoke as follows, begging pardon from the Lord. O my Lord, my servants have surely committed a great offence by arresting Vaishnava, such as Asmila, O Narayana, O Supreme and the Ruler's Person. Please forgive me because of my ignorance. We fail to recognize Ajmila as a servant of your lordship and thus we have certainly committed a great offense. Therefore with folded hands we beg of your pardon. My lord since you are supremely merciful and always full of good qualities, please pardon us. We offer, offer our respectful obeisance unto you. So dev Goswami continued, my dear king, the chanting of the holy name of the lord is able to uproot even the reactions of the great sins. Therefore, the chanting of the Sankirtana movement is the most auspicious activity in the entire universe. Please try to understand this and so that others will take it seriously. One who constantly hears and chants the holy name of the Lord and hears and chants these activities can very easily attain the platform of pure devotional service which can cleanse the dirt from one's heart What cannot achieve such purification merely by observing vows and performing Vedic ritualistic ceremonies. So, in this chapter, you know we have understood That there is no point in doing all the other things in the world because they are going to take us nowhere except give us those four things, you know, dharma, artha, kama and moksha. Beyond that there is nothing. But to take complete liberation from this material world, you just need to chant the name of the divine or be always lost in Krishna. Devotees who always lick the honey from the lotus feet of Lord Krishna do not care about all the material activities which are performed under the three modes of material nature and which brings only misery. Indeed, devotees never give up the lotus feet of Krishna to return to material activities. Others, however, who are addicted to Vedic rituals because they have neglected the service of the lotus, large lotus feet and are enchanted by lusty desires, sometimes perform acts of atonement. Nevertheless, being incompletely purified, they return to sinful activities again and again. So those who do not take the name of the divine, those who are not on the devotional path, they always tend to keep on falling in the traps of karma time and again. Even if they say sorry, even if they take go for atonement and they do whatever that is required, they are again going to go back to wherever they come. After hearing from the mouth of the Lord, of the master of the extraordinary glories of the Lord and his name, fame and attributes the amdutas was struck with wonder since then as soon as they see a devotee they fear him and dare not look at him again when the great sage Agatsya the son of Kumbha was residing in the Malaya hills and worshipping the supreme personality of Godhead I approached him and he explained to me this confidential history so this is an end of the chapter which tells you about how you know Ajmilla was saved and what is it that is needed for a person to get out of this material existence what is it that is needed it is just taking the name of the divine beyond that there is nothing required as such so we are where are we do you have any idea all right do we have half an hour can we continue is that okay all right so we will do chapter 4 the hamsa Goya prayers Offered to the Lord by Prajapati Daksha. Prajapati Daksha is a very important personality which we are going to hear a lot about him in the future He is a very arrogant person, no doubt about it So we are going to hear about it in the future, so this time now we are going to learn about the Hamsa-Ghuya prayers from. So This is chapter 4, text 2, the Hamsa-Ghuya prayers the Blessed King said to Sukhdeva Goswami, My dear Lord, the demigods, demons, human beings, nagas, beasts and birds were created during the reign of Svayambhu Manu. Now we have spoken about the creation briefly in the third canto. Now I wish to know about it elaborately. I also wish to know about the potency of the Supreme Personality of God and by which he brought about the secondary creation. Remember we are now again going, that the story of Ajmila is over. Now we are starting back to where we, like I told you, now we are taking one roll after another, after another. One track ends, then another track starts. And we go back again and another track starts. So it keeps on happening like this. So now we are going to go back to understand how this second generation, second lap started. the Goswami said, "Oh, great sages, after the great yog, yogi Subdeva Goswami heard King Parikshit's inquiry, he praised, and thus replied Sukadeva Goswami said when the ten sons of Prashinabarahi emerged from the waters in which they are performing austerities, they saw the entire surface of the world was covered by trees. Because of having undergone long austerities in the water, the Prachetas were very angry at the trees. Desiring to burn them to ashes, they generated wind and fire from their mouth. My dear King Parikshit, when Soma, The king of the trees and the predominant deity of the moon saw the fire and the wind burning all the trees to ashes. He felt great sympathy because he is the maintainer of herbs and trees. To appease the anger of the prachetas, Soma spoke as follows. Now Soma is a person who is in charge of all the rasas. Rasas, that is the ingredients that come. You know the pith of the tree? It has got that juice in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly that. You know, that which maintains the trees, the birds, and that. those kind of things, you know. So, soma. Alright. And soma is also, if you know, when in Kerala and all, you know, they cut the trees and from that drips the rubber. In the same way, toddy. You have heard of toddy. You heard of all these liquors, which come from the... If they cut the leaves and then below that they put one matka, from that the juice will flow. Okay. And okay, honey. Honey is also a rasa, which comes out from, you know, it's collected by the honey bees and then it is stored in one big hive of theirs. These are the same things. In the same way, alcoholic beverages, they are also there. They are a part of this the ones which come from the trees, and the plants, those kind of things. So, there is a rasa, there is a particular type of a pith of a tree, a juice that comes out of a tree. Like we have this toddy and all, you know, how does it come out and it intoxicates you, because it contains alcoholic contents. In the same way, so marasa. Like today in the United States, you get marijuana and all this, you know, those are intoxicants. So it's the same thing. Soma is the chief of all these things, the one which is going to give us this kind of a maybe energy or whatever that you want to call it. It gives you that. Oh, greatly unfortunate ones. You should not kill these poor trees by burning them to ashes. Your duty is to wish the citizens, Praja, Prajas, all the prosperity and act as their protector. Now, remember these Prachitas when they came out of the water, what did they do? They didn't like these trees growing all over the place because the whole place was covered by trees. So what they do? They blew air from their mouth and they burnt that thing down. You know what happens? The Soma which is there inside this tree then goes on to become a very very important ingredient which is the fuel. You know fuel in the form of petrol and diesel and all those crude oil. So it contains the trees, the plant, the vegetation contains... Tremendous amount of power in it. And that is controlled by the Soma Deva. Okay. So the Supreme Personality of Godhead Sri Hari is the master of all living entities including the Prajapati such as the Lord Brahma. Because he is the all-pervader and indestructible master. He has created all these trees and vegetables as eatable for other living entities. So trees and fruits and all these things are nothing but uh, somebody is dependent on them. We call it the food chain isn't it. At the end of the food chain, you have all these plants and trees and all those things, right? So, by nature's arrangement, fruits and flowers are considered food of insects and birds. Grass and other legless living entities are meant to be foods of four-legged animals like cow and buffalo. Animals that cannot use their front legs and as hands are meant to be the food of animals like tigers. Which have claws and four-legged animals like deers and goats as well as food grains are meant to be the foods of human beings. Some idiot in this world always thinks, you know, it is mentioned in the Bhagavata and all this, that human beings are not supposed to eat animals. Vegetarian people, you know, they say, you know, we should become vegetarian because it is mentioned in all the holy books not to kill animals and eat them. There should be told this text 9, Canto 6, chapter 4, the Hamsa Goya Prayers, that is the chapter, in which it is mentioned very clearly. You know what it is said? That, uh, see, and four-legged animals, four-legged animals, like deers and goats as well as food grains, etc., they are meant to be the foods of human beings. It's a part and parcel of the entire chain. Okay? So everything is dependent on some other so vegetarianism is not prescribed by hinduism some idiot must have told you you know vegetarianism or uh, i don't know vegans or whatever the hell that they call it is prescribed for uh, hindus and all that they must be idiot they might not have read this chapter so we should put it in front of their nose and say yeah here it is mentioned you can go and eat it and tomorrow all the food industry and all will be very happy especially you know i am very happy because i can eat mcdonald's (laughs) <laughs> if you look it like that? There is no food in this world which is vegetarian, right? my <laughs> okay. might have been uh, finger chips or yeah. sugar that is okay. there. Oh, pure-hearted ones, my father, Prachin Nabari, and the supreme personality of Godhead, yeah, yeah, deer also, allowed, allowed. But you go and kill deer, the World Wildlife Federation will sue you. You know that Salman Khan is going <laughs> for killing the black buck and all that. Okay. A guru is online. I don't know why he is not there. Anyway. A pure-hearted ones, your father, Prashinabari, and the Supreme Personality of Godhead have ordered you to generate population. A guru missed out. Therefore, how can you burn to ashes the trees and the herbs which are needed for the maintenance of your subjects and the descendants? So here in this case, Soma, he is saying, how can you do like this to the prachetas? You know, don't go on burning stuff like that. Because everything is dependent on the other. See the trees are dependent, the animals which are small burrowing animals and all, they eat all these trees and all. They are eaten by bigger animals. Bigger animals eat still these smaller animals. And then human beings eat these animals. Ya yeah, Guru, you missed out on something, it is mentioned in the Bhagavata, you know, that uh, you know, the line says, you know what, and the four-legged animals like deers and goats as well as food grains are meant to be the food of human beings. Okay. And if some organization says, you know, that Hinduism means you are not supposed to do that, you please tell them, quote this line to them and say it's there in this Bhagavata. They will not argue after that. (laughs) Doesn't mean that we have to eat. You can become a vegetarian for all I care. Doesn't matter. Somebody has to eat you tomorrow anyway. (laughs) You also will pick up a food for some non-vegetarian chap. (laughs) Reminds me of that you know that beautiful movie that was there okay <clears throat> as the father and the mother are friends of the maintainers of their children as the eyelids is the protector of the eye as the husband is the maintainer and protector of a woman and doubtful, doubtful huh? <laughs> as a householder is the maintainer and the protector of beggars again very doubtful <laughs> and as a learned is the friend of the ignorant So, the king is the protector and the giver of life to all his subjects. The trees are also subject to the king, therefore, they should be given protection, of course. Yeah, there will be a lot of people who will want to save the trees. No, it's good even if you can't digest. (laughs) You are, you are, okay, we will give you one uh, uh, certificate. We will say you you are exempted. Exemption certificate. (laughs) So the Supreme Personality of Godhead is situated in the super soul, within the course of the heart of all living entities, whether moving and non-moving, including men, birds, animals, trees and indeed all living entities. Therefore, you should consider everybody a residence of the temple of the Lord. By such vision, you will satisfy the Lord, you should not angrily kill these living entities in the form of trees. So, is saying, don't keep on burning trees or cutting them down for the heck of it, no? you know, just be careful about them because Lord lives in them as well. One who inquires into self-realization and then subdues powerful anger, which awakens suddenly in the body as if falling from the sky, transcends the influence of the modes of material nature. <clears throat> there is no need to burn trees any longer. Let whatever trees still remain be happy. Indeed you should be happy. Now, here is a beautiful, well-qualified girl named Marisa, Marisa Mayer, huh? no, Marisa. <laughs> the name is Marisa, who was raised by the tree as their daughter. You may accept this beautiful girl as your wife, or oh, there is a barter system going on, okay, don't cut the tree but you can cut a girl, wow, I mean today they will chop him down also, you can't do that. <laughs> Sukhdeva Goswami continued, My dear king, after pacifying the prachetas, Soma, the king of the moon, gave them the beautiful girl born of Prema <clears throat> Locha Apsara, from Apsara. The prachetas all received from Locha's daughter who was very high, very beautiful hips and married her according to the religious system. In the womb of that girl, the prachetas all begot a son named Daksha, who filled the three worlds with living entities. So we are going to a Daksha Prajapati. You know, that is the prayer that we are supposed to. the so Goswami continued. Please hear from me with great attention. How Prajapati Daksha, who was very affectionate to his daughter, created different types of living entities through his semen and through his mind. With his mind, Daksha Prajapati first created all kinds of demigods, demons, human beings, birds, bees, aquatics and so on. Ah, this is another domain which, uh, like I told you, now this is the second level of creation. The first level of creation we have already seen that the gods and all those. Now we need to come down to the level where every other thing besides what has got created has to be created. So now Daksha Prajapati who has come from the Prachetas and Premlocha, you know that from her womb. He is Daksha. He is now going to create a further world. With his mind, Prajapati Daksha first created all kinds of demigods, demons, human beings, birds, beasts, aquatics and so on. But when Prajapati Daksha saw that he was not pre- properly generating all kinds of living entities, he approached a mountain near the Vindhya mountain range and there he executed very difficult austerities. <coughs> now near the mountains was a very holy place named Agama, Agama Sarana. These Prajapati Daksha executed ritualistic ceremonies and satisfied the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Hari by engaging in great austerities to please Him. My dear King, I shall fully explain to you the Hamsaghuya prayers which are offered to the Supreme Personality of Godhead by Daksha and I will explain how the Lord was pleased with him with those prayers. Prajapati Daksha said, The Supreme Personality of Godhead is transcendental to the illusory energy and the physical category that it produces. He possesses the potency for unfailing knowledge and supreme willpower. And he is the controller of all living entities and the illusory energy. The conditioned souls who have accepted this material manifestation as everything cannot see him. For he is above the evidence of experimental knowledge. Today morning's blog was talking about this, isn't it? <laughs> I, this is the exact words which I have used is far beyond our normal experimental knowledge you know science and all cannot decide who is this divine lord because beyond a certain realm you cannot go you can cross these levels you know you can cross the levels of this like let us say fire earth wind you know all those things you can cross but beyond beyond the sky what can you cross you cannot so there is a certain level which you cannot even transcend which is called the unmanifest domain so we cannot be understood by normal human beings in the normal way. they found this God, God particle. That yeah, I, I God particle, I don't know. You must have found it while saaf-karne ka time mein. saaf time pe. We'll come to that. So he is the controller of the living entities and the illusory en- energy. The conditioned souls who have accepted this material manifestation as everything cannot even see him. For he is above the evidence of ex- experimental knowledge, self-evident and self-efficient. He is not caused by any superior cause. Let me offer my respectful obeisance unto him. As the sense objects such as the form, taste, touch, smell and sound cannot understand how the senses perceive them. So the conditioned souls cannot... <laughs> Although residing in the body, along with the super soul, cannot understand the supreme spiritual person. The master of the material creation directs his senses. Let me offer my respectful obeisance unto the supreme person who is the supreme controller. He is called the supreme controller. He is the one who is unmanifest in this domain, in the world. Manifestation is that which you see. The manifestation happens in the womb. Okay. But how did that happen over there can never be understood. From which domain or from which place has the life been given to that entity can never be understood. We can only understand up to the manifest domain. That is why when I wrote about this, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson or uh, you have the Richard Dawkins or you have, uh, you know, so many other people who keep on talking about you know, atheism, there is no God. They are talking about physical sciences, they are talking about sciences. They are talking about something which is tangible, something which can be understood. And what is it that can be understood only which when you use your senses? That is why it is saying from the sense objects. That is form, taste, touch, smell, and sound. Then only you can understand the material universe. But how can you use your material knowledge for explaining something which is beyond the manifest domain, which is called the unmanifest domain? Because you cannot use your senses, so you cannot deny it. Can you deny something which you cannot see? It's it's like this, you know, people never understood that there were radio waves earlier. Today you can understand radio waves. There are X-rays. Nobody understood X-rays, but till the time Ron Jen made that X-ray, you know. That is the time we understood that there was an X-ray. Till that time, how did people know? Nobody knew. Sound which cannot be heard. is ultra-high frequency. It cannot be heard. Doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. In the same way, far beyond our visual range, there are certain things which can never be understood as of now, because you, we, can, we are using a very limited mind. How can you use a limited mind to understand an unlimited thing and that is the reason why we should never get into that kind of an argument with this because they are only matter the body the life airs, and the external and the internal senses the five gross elements and the subtle sense that is form taste smell sound and touch cannot know the own nature the nature of the other senses or the nature of the controllers. See, we described, no, isn't there everything as a controller? Like I told you, in the ear, so it's a controller of the ear. In the nose, there is be a nose controller, in the tongue. So everywhere there are controllers, there, if you recollect. Now in the previous chapter, we did everything where it was said that there are departmental heads. All the gods, all the domain people are nothing but departmental heads. That is Brahma, Vishnu, Mahesh and everybody and all the gods and goddesses which come, 33 crore of them, are all departmental people. Similarly, in this also, in this time, the line is saying that these are subtle senses and all. These are basically controllers. There is always a central controller who does that. But the living beings, because of their spiritual nature, can know his body, the life air, the senses, the elements and the sense objects. But he can also know the three qualities that perform their roots. Nevertheless, although the living being is completely aware of them, he is unable to see the supreme being who is the omniscient and unlimited. I therefore offer my respectful obeisance unto him. When one's consciousness is completely purified of the contamination of the material existence, gross and subtle, without being agitated, as in the working and the dreaming state, when the mind is not dissolved as a deep sleep, one comes to the platform of a trance. This is called Nirvikalpa Samadhi. Then one's material vision and the memories of the mind, which manifest names and forms, are vanquished. Only such a trance is the Supreme Personality of God revealed. Thus let us offer a respectful obeisance unto the supreme personality of Godhead Who is seen in the uncontaminated transcendental state So when can you experience the divine? Only when your mind is cleared of all all vikalpas Vikalpas are thought constructs You have to eradicate all the thought constructs that are there Keep your mind in the state of near vikalpa That means without any thought construct. It's only in the state of nirvikalpa, when there is nothing existing of this material world, will you be able to experience Sri Krishna alone, otherwise there is no point, in no way you can experience him, just as the great learned brahmanas who are expert in performing ritualistic ceremonies and sacrifices can extract the fire dormant within the wood fuel by chanting the 15 samidhina mantras thus providing the efficacy of the vedic mantras so those who are actually advanced in consciousness in other words those who are krishna consciousness can find the super soul who by his own spiritual potency is situated within the heart so just like people by chanting can bring out the fire within a wood, they perform a little bit of mantras here and there. In the same way, those who are the true devotees of Sri Krishna alone, they alone are able to understand and see him, who is always residing in their heart. The heart is covered by three modes of material nature and the nine material elements. That is material elements, the total material energy, the ego, the mind, and the five objects of the sense gratification. And also by the five material elements and the ten senses. These twenty-seven elements constitute the central energy of the Lord. Great yogis meditate upon the Lord, who is situated as the super soul, Paramatma, within the core of the heart. May the super soul be pleased with me. The super-soul is realized when one is eager for liberation from the unlimited varieties of material life. One actually attains such liberation when he engages in the transcendental loving service of the Lord and realizes the Lord because of the attitudes of service. The Lord may be addressed by various spiritual names which are inconceivable to the material senses. When will the Supreme Personality of Godhead be pleased with me? Anything expressed by material vibrations? Anything ascertained by material intelligence and anything experienced by the material senses or concocted within the material mind is but an effect of the modes of material nature. And therefore has nothing to do with the real nature of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So we can never mix up what we see in the material world, what we experience in the material world, that is with our senses and mind and the 27 different things. How can you compare that with this unmanifesting? You cannot, I mean that is incomparable and what we are seeing is just a small iota of the material world. So you can never do put these two things together. The Supreme Lord is beyond the creation of this material world for he is the source of material qualities and creation. As the cause of the causes he exists from before the creation and after the creation. I wish to offer my respectful obeisance unto him. The Supreme Brahman, Brahma, Krishna is the ultimate resting place and the source of everything Everything is done by him. Everything belongs to him. Everything is offered to him Everything is done by him I have made this distinction today in the morning when I said you know everything is done by him It is like this you know all actions are performed by the government collecting taxes to say, you know putting you um, giving you different different kinds of rules and regulations and all, all these are there all these are mentioned by the government doesn't mean that the president or the prime minister is responsible in the same way Krishna is the one who is giving this entire thing to the material world, So he is actually not responsible though everything stems from him alone he is the ultimate objective and whereas acting or causing others to act, he is the ultimate doer there are many causes, high and low, but since he is the cause of all the causes, he is well known as the supreme Brahma, who exists before all activities. He is one without a second and no other cause. I therefore offer my respect unto him. He is above all the causes. He is the supreme cause. He is the responsible. Finally, the buck stops with him alone. There is nobody else responsible. So, this is what is mentioned over here, he is He is one without a second. That means what? There is nobody who can emulate him or who can be like him. So, when he is, he is. There is no other person who can be like him. Let me offer my respectful obeisance unto the all-pervading Supreme Personality of Godhead who possesses unlimited transcendent qualities, acting from within the course of the heart of all philosophers, who propagate various views. He causes them to forget their own souls, while sometimes agreeing and sometimes disagreeing among themselves. Thus he creates within this material world a situation where they are unable to come to a conclusion. I offer my obeisance unto him. So he is also the master of confusion. Sometimes you hear something and sometimes you hear something else. So the master of confusion is also the divine lord. We understand there are various views propagated by everybody somebody will say this is like this somebody will say the god is like that somebody else will say something else is there somebody will say there is no god at all so all these views are also coming from him alone so is also the cause of all the confusion that is there in this world there are two parties namely the theist and the atheist that is the believers and the non-believers the Theist to accept the super soul find a spiritual cause through mystic yoga The Sankhyaite, however, who merely analyze the material elements, come to the conclusion of impersonalism and does not accept a supreme cause. Whereas Bhagwan, Paramatma or even Brahma, instead he is preoccupied with the superfluous external activities of material nature. Ultimately, however, both parties just demonstrate the absolute truth because although they offer opposing statements, their object is the same ultimate cause. They are both approaching the same supreme Brahma to whom I offer my respectful obeisance. So here he is making a case for different different kinds of people. One the, one is a theist, one is a believer, one is a non-believer. An atheist and a theist. Both these kinds of people exist in this world. Now, in these theists, also, there are various different different categories. So in the Sankhya Yoga, there is somebody who likes who loves to dissect God. So he comes up with different different theories which will suit his purpose. So there is this kind of a person also it's not that he is right or wrong he's got his own point of view and he's allowed to have his point of view you see nobody is denying him his point of view let him go and dissect the god whatever to whatever extent that he wants to still god will not be found by him but the super soul can never be understood the supreme personality of godhead is inconceivably opulent who is devoid of all material names Forms and pastimes of all-pervading is especially merciful to the devotees who worship his lotus feet. He thus exhibits transcendental form and names with his different pastimes. Man, May that Supreme Personality of Godhead whose form is eternal and full of knowledge and bliss be merciful to me. As the air creates various characters of the physical elements like the aroma of the flowers or the colors resulting from a mixture of dust in the air, the Lord appears through lower system of worship according to one's desire. Although he appears as demigod and not in his original form, what is the use of these other forms? May the original Supreme Personality of Godhead please fulfill my desires. What happens is when you desire Krishna in the lowermost form, like you want to pray to him just like a stone somewhere or you want to pray to him like a cow or whatever. Does it matter? It does not really matter. Krishna will say, okay, fine, for your sake I am going to take that form. You want to believe in this form? Okay, I will take that form and I'll be in front of you. You want to believe in this form? So okay, fine. Whereas to believe in the supreme divine consciousness is the ultimate thing. Sukdev Goswami said, the supreme personality of Godhead Hari, who is extremely affectionate to his devotee, by very pleased by the prayers offered by Daksha, and thus he appeared at the holy place. No, as maras rasna. Oh, Maharaj Parikshit. Of the Guru dynasty, the Lord's lotus feet rested on the shoulders of his carrier Garuda. And he appeared with eight long, mighty, and beautiful arms. In his hand, he held disc conch, swords, shields, arrows, bows, ropes, and club, and in each hand, a different weapon, all brilliantly shining. His garments were yellow, and his bodily hue very bluish. His eyes and face were very cheerful, and from his neck to the feet hung a long garland of flowers. His chest was decorated with the Kostuba jewel and the mark of Srivatsa and on, on his head was a gorgeous round helmet and his ears were decorated with earrings resembling sharks. All these ornaments were uncommonly beautiful. The Lord wore a golden belt on his waist, bracelets in his arms, rings on his fingers and ankle belts on his feet. Thus decorated by various ornaments, Lord Hari, who is attractive to all living entities in the three worlds, is known as Purushottama, the best personality. He is accompanied by the great devotees like Narada, Nanda and principal demigods led by the heavenly king Indra. And the residents of the various lower and upper planet systems like the Siddhaloka, Gandharvaloka, and Charana Loka, situated on both sides of the Lord and behind him are well, these devotees offered him continuous prayers. Seeing this wonderful and the effulgent form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Daksha Prajapati was first somewhat afraid, but then he was very pleased to see the Lord, and he fell into the ground like a sick dandavat to offer his respect to the Lord. As rivers are filled with waters flowing by the mountains, all of the Daksha senses were filled with pleasure. Because of his highly elevated happiness, Daksha could not say anything but simply remained flat onto the ground. Although Prajapati Daksha could not say anything, when the Lord, who knows everyone's heart, saw his devoted, prostrated in that manner and desiring to increase his population, he addressed him as follows. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, O most fortunate Prachitesha, because of your great faith in me, you have attained. The supreme devotional ec- ecstasy indeed are you able to see uh, brito okay it's on now? okay fine indeed because of your austerity combined with exalted devotion your life is now successful you have achieved complete perfection my dear Prajapati Daksha, you have performed extreme sacrifices for the welfare and the growth of this world. My desire is that everyone within this world be happy. I am therefore very pleased with you because you are endeavouring skills. It is breaking, huh? And I hope it will come on. Because I am endeavouring to fulfil my desire for the welfare of the entire world. Hmm... Uh, Can I log off and log on or what exactly can I do? Can you hear me now? Okay, fine. Right. Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva and the Manus, all the demigods in the higher planetary systems and you Prajapati who is increasing the population of the working for the benefit of all living entities thus your expansion for your marginal energy are incarnations of my various qualities My dear Brahmana, austerity is in the form of meditation, is my heart Vedic knowledge is the form of hymns and mantras constitutes my body and the spiritual activities and ecstatic emotions are my actual form These are the things which you should always remember austerity in the form of meditation is my heart so meditating is nothing but going towards the heart of the divine knowledge is hymns and mantras and spiritual activities and ecstatic emotions ecstatic emotions means sometimes we have a, you know we sometimes we cry sometimes we have on the body so on and so forth that is nothing but is actual form actual form even in our material world if we if somebody comes and scares us you know we have the hair on our body is raised you know, in the same way you know like the actual form of the divine is these things which happen to us the ritualistic, uh, ritualistic ceremonies and sacrifices when properly conducted are various limbs of my body the unseen good fortune proceeding from price and spiritual activities constitutes my mind and the demigods who execute my orders in various departments are my life and my soul before the creation of this cosmic manifestation, I alone existed with my specific spiritual potencies. Consciousness was thus unmanifest, just as one's consciousness is unmanifest during the time of the sleep. It is exactly like how we are going through. is the same thing the Lord is also defined. I am the reservoir of unlimited potency and therefore I am known as unlimited or all-pervading. From my materialistic energy, the cosmic manifestation appears within me. And in this universal manifestation appears the chief among beings Lord Brahma who is your source and is not born from the material mother. When the chief lord of the universe Lord Brahma that is Vambu Brahma having been inspired by my energy was attempting to create he thought himself incapable. Therefore I gave him advice and in accordance with my instructions he underwent extremely difficult austerities because of these austerities. The great Lord Brahma was able to create non-personalities, including you, to help him in the function of creation. In this line you just have to understand one thing. That everybody is afraid in this material world. You know, we are so much afraid of doing something or the other. Something or the other keeps us back. It doesn't allow us to go ahead. As for such point in time, when you get instructions from Krishna that you can go ahead and do something, You should not question, you should not bother about thinking about what is to be done is right or wrong. You just have to, got to do it, you got to do it. And that is the way Brahmaji got his inspiration of doing. Oh my dear son Daksha, Prajapati, Prajanya and his daughter named Aksini whom I offer to you so that you may accept her as your wife. Now unite in sexual life as man and woman and in this way of sexual intercourse you will be able to beget hundreds of children in the womb of this girl to increase the population. After you give birth to many hundreds and thousands of children, you will be captivated by my illusory energy and will engage like you in sexual intercourse. But because of my mercy on you and them, they will always be able to give me presentation in devotion. So once a person like Daksha Prajapati is given this blessing, he is told you are going to forget about me and you are going to only be involved in my Maya. My Maya's domain comes into the play. And once when you get trapped into the world of Maya, then you will find this woman very interesting and that is a time when you will have union with her. Sukdev Goswami continued, after the creator of the entire universe, the Supreme Personality of God had spoken in this way, in the presence of Prajapati Daksha, he immediately disappeared as if he were an object experienced in the dream. Now, this ends 6th canto, 4th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So we have come to the end of this chapter next week we shall take up the next one so we'll stop over here if there are any questions i'll take it after this